0: I'm John. And I'm John. We're classically trained conductors. Who are also working theater music directors.
1: Each week, we'll tell you a little bit about shows we enjoy. And why you should check them out. If you
0: haven't yet. This is Musical Minutes with John and John. Hello, John. John. Oh, this is where we're at now. Okay. Okay. This is where we're at now. So how are you doing today?
1: Uh, John I'm so excited I'm so excited because we we are at a point now in our recording where we have reached the end of four days in a row of recording which is a lot for us we are finally doing the thing we said from the beginning that we were always going to do which is like get ahead of these episodes so that we don't find ourselves in a complete panic when the fall rolls around and we're actually busy but it's been a lot of musical talk in the last four days (laughs)
0: More than that, in the last eight days, we recorded eleven episodes. Holy cow, that's a lot. Yeah we we have gotten we have really gotten ahead of ourselves, which right now feels fantastic. But once we get till to the the episodes in like the middle and end of September, and we listen, and I go back and I and I'm listening, I'm like, why did I say that in July? And you know what? It'll be fun. It gives us a good excuse to come back to some of these shows later and talk about, wow, we were so incredibly wrong. And it will give all of you out there listening a great excuse to, like, write in and tell us how dumb that we are. And I I love those emails. So bring them. <laughs> well, let's bring this little stretch of recording
1: home strong with...
0: Today we are talking about the 2008 musical Shrek, with music by Janine Tesori, book and lyrics by David Lindsay Hebert, based on the DreamWorks movie of the same name. Shrek, the musical,
1: opened at the Broadway Theater on December 14, 2008, and played 441 performances before closing on January 3rd of 2010.
0: The show was directed by Jason Moore, with choreography by Josh Prince, and music direction by Tim Weil. The original Broadway cast included Brian Darcy James as Shrek, Sutton Foster as Princess Fiona, Daniel Breaker as Donkey, Christopher Sieber as Lord Farquaad, John Tartaglia as Pinocchio, Haven Burton as Gingy. Shrek was nominated for eight Tony Awards and won
1: one for Best Costume Design.
0: The show begins with two ogre parents sending their seven-year-old son, Shrek, out of their house and into the world to make his living. They warn him that because of his looks, he will be shunned by the world and an angry mob will be the last thing he sees before he dies.
1: Some years later, an embittered grown-up Shrek is
0: living contentedly alone in a swamp.
1: However, his solitude is disrupted when a refugee caravan of fairy tale creatures shows up on his property, explaining their banishment from the kingdom of Duloc. Although hesitant at first, Shrek decides to travel to see Farquaad and try and regain his swamp, along with getting the fairy tale creatures' homes
0: back. Or, at the very least, out of his damn swamp. Along the way, Shrek rescues a talkative donkey from some of Farquaad's guards. In return for rescuing him and offering his friendship, Donkey insists on tagging along to show Shrek the way to Duloc.
1: Meanwhile, in the kingdom of Duloc, Farquaad is torturing the gingerbread man into revealing the whereabouts of the fairy tale creatures that are still hiding in his kingdom. Just as Gingy, which I, by the way, I had no idea that was the gingerbread man's name. He's called Gingy?
0: Yeah, he's called Gingy.
1: All right. Just as Jinji was going to reveal what he knows, the captain of the guards arrives and announces that they have found the magic mirror. Farquaad asks the mirror if Duloc was the most perfect kingdom of them all.
0: The mirror tells him that he's not truly a king yet, and thus Duloc isn't an actual kingdom, but he can become one if he marries a princess. The Mirror introduces three different princesses for Lord Farquaad to choose from, Cinderella, Snow White, and Princess Fiona. Farquaad chooses Princess Fiona, who is currently trapped in a castle surrounded by lava and guarded by a terrible fire-breathing dragon.
1: Elsewhere, a seven-year-old Fiona dreams of the brave knight who, as her storybooks tell her, will one day rescue her from her tower and end her mysterious curse with true love's first kiss. As she grows into a teenager and then a headstrong woman, she becomes a little bit stir-crazy, but she
0: never loses her faith in her fairy tales. Shrek and Donkey arrive in Duloc and corner Farquaad who demands that Shrek must rescue Fiona, and in return, he will give Shrek the deed to his swamp. The two
1: unlikely friends set off to find Fiona, with Shrek becoming increasingly annoyed with Donkey as time progresses. After crossing the rickety old bridge and arriving at the castle, Shrek sets off alone to rescue Fiona, while Donkey encounters Dragon, who initially wants to eat him, but then decides to spare him by keeping him for herself after Donkey manages to charm her.
0: When Shrek finds Fiona, his lack of interest in playing out her desired romantic rescue scene annoys her, and he drags her off by force. The two of them reunite with Donkey, and all three attempt to escape while being chased by the angry dragon. Shrek traps Dragon, and they get to a safe point.
1: Fiona then insists that Shrek reveal his identity, and is shocked that her rescuer is an ogre and not the prince charming her stories indicated. Shrek explains that he is merely her champion. Instead, she is to marry Farquaad.
0: The trio begin their journey back to Duloc, but Fiona becomes frantic as the sun begins to set. She insists that they rest for the night and that she spend the night alone in a nearby cave. Donkey and Shrek remain awake, with Donkey asking Shrek who he would be if he did not have to be an ogre anymore. As Shrek opens up to Donkey on who he would wish to be, It is revealed that Fiona transforms into an ogress after sunset as part of her curse.
1: Act two opens at the dawn of the next day. Princess Fiona rises early and sings with a bluebird and dances with a deer before making the bird explode and throwing the deer off a cliff. She assists the Pied Piper in his rat charming duties.
0: Shrek brings down her mood by attempting to give subtle hints about her groom to be men of farquad stature are in short supply he's very good at small talk and mocking her tragic childhood circumstances the two begin a contest of trying to one-up each other to outdo the other's backstory but end up revealing their respective pasts back in duloc lord farquad was in his bathtub planning his
1: wedding when he reveals his own sordid heritage after the Magic Mirror insists that Farquaad should invite his father. But Farquaad refuses, explaining how
0: he abandoned him in the woods as a child. As Shrek and Fiona's newfound camaraderie grows into love, Donkey insists, with the help of the three blind mice, that Shrek should gather his courage and romantically engage Fiona. Shrek, finally beginning to come out of his caustic protective shell, tries to find the words to explain his feelings for Fiona, but the sun is setting soon, so they stop for the night once more.
1: While Shrek is out finding a flower for Fiona, Donkey discovers that Fiona turns into an ogre at night, and she confesses that she was cursed as a child, which is why she was locked away in the tower. Only a kiss from her true love will return her to her proper form, and she asks Donkey to promise never to tell. Shrek arrives near the end of the conversation and misunderstands Fiona's description of herself as an ugly beast, and thinks she is talking about him. Hurt by her presumed opinion, Shrek storms off. The
0: next day, transformed back into her human form, Fiona decides to tell Shrek about her curse. When she tries to explain, Shrek rebuffs her with his ugly beast overhearing, causing Fiona in turn to misunderstand. Then Farquaad arrives to claim Fiona and tell Shrek he has cleared the swamp of the fairy tale creatures and the swamp now belongs to Shrek once more.
1: While not very impressed with Farquaad, Fiona agrees to marry him and insists that they have the wedding before sunset. As Farquaad and Fiona ride back to Duloc, Donkey tries to explain the misunderstanding to Shrek, who is too angry and upset to listen. And Shrek rejects him as well. Declaring that he will return to his swamp alone and build a wall to shield himself from the world.
0: Meanwhile, the fairy tale creatures are on their way to a landfill, which is to be their new home, since they were forced to relocate from the swamp. Gingy rants that Farquad's treatment of them is intolerable. Just because they are freaks does not mean they deserve to be hated, so he rallies most of the other fairy tale creatures into staging a coup d'etat against Farquad's rule. Unfortunately,
1: a bitter Pinocchio remembering they are not allowed back in Duloc, who doesn't want his friends to get killed, suggests that they should just keep going and wait until everything gets better, all the while wishing to be a real boy. Exasperated by Pinocchio's turndown, Jinji convinces him to join the protest, inspiring him to accept who he is, as all of them has accepted who they are. They gather new confidence and strengthen themselves as they declare
0: that they'll raise their freak flag high against their tormentors. Now realizing that they have become something more than friends and have become a family, Pinocchio leads his gang back to Duloc to overthrow Farquaad once and for all. Shrek has returned to his swamp, but he misses Fiona.
1: Donkey shows up, attempting to seal off his half of the swamp with stone boulders, which Shrek rebuffs. In turn, Donkey angrily berates Shrek for his reclusive and stubborn habits, even to the point of driving off Fiona. An angered Shrek reveals he heard her talking about a hideous creature the night before, and Donkey retorts that they were not talking about him, but of someone else. When a confused Shrek inquires who it was, Donkey, wanting to keep his promise and still cross with Shrek, refuses to talk to him. When Shrek apologizes and extends his
0: friendship, Donkey forgives him. The two then go back to Duloc, where Shrek objects to the marriage before Farquaad can kiss Fiona, and Fiona convinces him to let Shrek speak with her. Shrek finally finds the words to express his feelings for Fiona, and he declares his love for her. However, his declaration of love is mocked by Farquaad. Caught between love and her desire to break the curse, Fiona tries to escape the event.
1: Just then, the fairy tale creatures storm into the wedding and protest their banishment. They're also accompanied by Grumpy, one of the seven dwarves, who reveals that he is Farquaad's father, and he kicked Farquaad out at the age of 28 when he wouldn't move out of the basement, revealing Farquaad as a freak as well. During the scuffle, the sun sets, causing Fiona to turn into an ogre in front of everyone.
0: Farquaad, furious and disgusted over the change, orders for Shrek to be drawn and quartered along with the fairy tale creatures, and Fiona banished back to her tower. As Farquaad proclaims himself the new king, Shrek whistles for the dragon, who has now escaped the castle and is the reason Shrek and Donkey got to the wedding in time. Dragon then crashes through the window with Donkey and incinerates Farquaad with her fiery breath.
1: Very Game of Thrones. With Farquaad dead, Shrek and Fiona admit their love for each other and share true love's first kiss. Fiona's curse is broken, and she takes her true form, an ogre. At first, she is ashamed of her looks, but Shrek declares that she is still beautiful. The two ogres begin a new life together as everyone celebrates their liberation of Farquaad's rule.
0: Okay, so this is a show that exists. It is a show that existed on Broadway.
1: Look, John, I'll come out and say, I I am not a card-carrying member of the Shrek Club. You are not going to catch me running around eating raw onions. It's a movie that came out and that I enjoyed. It was fine. I've never seen the musical. I've never done the musical. And I'll be quite frank, I don't particularly care to but that's fine the show was never written for me
0: and i come with a little bit of a different experience because i have done this show i've actually music directed this show three times three times yeah um you okay I, no i i am and here's the thing is that i don't dislike this show i actually enjoy this show it it is not in the pantheon of my favorite shows. This is not something that I listen to regularly, but I do not think this is a bad show. I think this is a show that is very upfront about what it is meant to be. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And I believe on the most basic level, it's successful in its goal of telling a story with some good music it's not changing the world it's not particularly deep if you've seen the dreamworks movie or read the original william Steag book you know the story of Shrek. there is nothing this new is based is... on a book this so the original movie's actually based off of a children's book wow
1: i didn't know that
0: yeah i mean it, it's it, it's also one of those things that you know people don't realize because the movie has become so ubiquitous in culture it has i mean it spawned we're up to what shrek 12 at this point shrek 13 i like there are a million different sequels of this movie and uh, as with most sequels of declining quality um i think it ended with shrek ever after which i think is the fourth or the fifth sequel I, anyway i digress this is not in, in it's not innovative it's not new it's not life-changing but it does what it sets out to do well it tells the story I don't think this is Janine Tessori's best work I feel like there are other musicals that she has done the music for that are are, are better I mean I don't I don't want to quantify it because with good versus bad because I mean, it's so, it feels so arbitrary at times, but this is not her best work, but this is also not her worst work. It's solid, and I know it's funny because I know we've talked about Janine Tessori on this podcast several times. And it seems like we roller coaster with her music a bit. This is one of the not major peaks, but I definitely think it's one of like the secondary hills on the roller coaster that is my opinion of her. It it's it's decent. It's got a couple of memorable tunes from the show. Um it has Freak Flag, which I feel is probably one of the more recognizable songs from the show, which is in the second act. It is kind of the rallying anthem uh, that the, the the storybook characters sing to kind of psych up Pinocchio before they're going to go storm Farquad's castle. And it's it's fine. It's great. It's good. There's also a trio in the first act that Fiona basically sings with herself. I know it's today, which starts out with seven-year-old Fiona and then goes to like 12 or 13-year-old Fiona and then ends with adult Fiona. And then the section ends with all three of them singing this trio together. That's actually really kind of cool. And yes, it is three different actresses. It is not Sutton Foster singing a trio with herself on stage. I don't think she's that talented. Beyond that, I don't know that this show has many memorable tunes. It's it's not offensive, unless it tries to be. There is a song in Act 2 that they sing about their, their past childhood traumas. Um, and it does devolve into a fart duet, which was really fun the first time I was doing the show. And I had to program my own keyboards Googling main stage fart sounds was not something I thought I was going to be doing with my life, but here we are and yeah, it happened. I mean, I don't know pipe in here anytime, John.
1: I mean I I have very little to add, you know I... I don't think it's a bad show. Again, it's not a show that I particularly care for, but that's fine. As we've discovered over the course of doing this show over the last two and a half years, I really only like really, really old things. And that's just part that is of who true. I am. It is. Uh, but, you know, it, it it isn't bad and it does serve a purpose. You know, I must remind myself that our field and industry and this thing that we love of the Broadway musical does need pieces that allow younger folks to find an entryway into it. And sometimes you can't grab those folks with a little night music. They maybe need a Shrek to get in to the building and realize that musical theater is something they might like. So to that point, you know, I think this is a perfect way to get people interested in musical theater. I think, you know, the thing that is the most shocking to me about this show is that it starred Brian Darcy James and Sutton Foster like okay we we were discussing before we started recording that actually this is relatively early in Brian Darcy James's uh ascension amongst the Broadway ranks but like Sutton Foster was very well established by this point And I just like have a hard time wrapping my head around the conversations and the price tags that must have been discussed and assigned to get these two giants of the Broadway world to to agree to do Shrek.
0: Well, I have to imagine, and I will say a lot of this is conjecture on my part, is there are two factors. One, the producers were playing with DreamWorks money. and, And DreamWorks actually was one of the producers on this show. So when you have movie studio money backing a project like this, it becomes a little bit easier to write those checks as opposed to probably a more traditional Broadway show where it's like, well, how many tickets did we sell this week? Can we afford to keep going? You know, it, it, it it's a different conversation. I also wonder if this was conceived as a star vehicle for the pair, for Brian Darcy James and for Sutton Foster. And they were approached by saying, hey, this is the story we want to tell. We're going to turn this movie into a musical. We want you to be X and we want you to be Y. And we are going to tailor these roles specifically to you. What do you think? And then you hear the beeping sound of the dumb truck with the money as it gets closer to their front door. (laughs) And then the money starts cascading down. and, And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? And to be fair, the show lasted a year. It opened in December of 2008 and closed in January of 2010. So it literally, I mean, so instead of 52 weeks, it lasted 55 weeks. So that's, I mean, it's as close to a year as you can get without being specifically a year. It does some things well, though. I will say it is a very faithful adaptation of the movie. It only, it does add some stuff. It does give us some back, more backstory into Fiona. It does give us some more backstory into Shrek. The opening number with the two parents, basically kicking him out of the house as a child saying, hey, your life is kind of screwed and there are going to be pitchforks and there are going to be torches, but make the best of it. It's, It's funny from a fairy tale standpoint. They do have, I mean, Fiona, no way how you look at it is a strong female lead that is full of self-determination. She's not doing this because she wants power or she wants fame. She's doing it for her own self-preservation, her own self-interest. She has no interest in Farquaad. She doesn't care about Farquaad. It is literally, I need to break this curse so that I can go on with my life. How do I do this? Oh, I have to marry this little tiny man. Fine. Um, other than that, she's very independent. She, you know, she is the prototypical, she can look out for herself character. And that's not a bad thing to have, especially when you look at these animated movies from the late 90s and the early 2000s, where it was still the case of Princess must swoon for her, her knight in shining armor. That's not what Fiona is. That is not what Shrek does. And they they preserve that. They keep that very well beyond that though it just it is what it is and and i think ultimately that is the most telling thing about this show is it is what it is if you enjoy it fantastic if you think it is the worst thing on the planet that is your prerogative it has definitely found a second life in community and high school theaters matter of fact Two of the three times I've done it, I've done it in high schools. It is a very great show for high school, technical demands notwithstanding. There is actually a moment in act two when you do the the big reveal for Fiona going from uh, human Fiona to ogre Fiona. It, I mean, when you have Broadway money and Broadway resources, you can do that very quickly. And there are other spots where you can use body doubles and stuff like that, but at one point you do have to make the change. And on Broadway, it's not as daunting. Um, it was it's definitely a challenge. You
1: just have the money to solve the problem.
0: Well, that's fair. Um, there, there are you know, various productions I've done have done different things. The very first production I worked on, they were like, Well, you know what we'll just have John play the transformation music a little bit slower and we'll airbrush her green and it'll be fine. And it never worked. I remember one night, second weekend, we had to play the transformation music maybe three times. And I'm just like, no. and, And it's like, no, it's, John, you're
1: such a nice person. You're so much nicer than me. Anytime a director comes to me and goes, I'm having trouble with a technical issue. What if we just slowed this bit down? I go, actually, I'm going to go faster. This is, your technical <laughs> issue is not my problem to solve, director. You've made decisions. You got hired to solve this problem. The music goes like this.
0: And And to be fair, that was not the only problem with that product. It was a very Oh, it was a very interesting production, and someday when we decide to do our famous drunk episode, maybe I'll tell some stories from this production, because there are many stories from this production. Anyway, it is what it is. It works well in high school. It works well in community theater. It lasted a year on Broadway. It's got some decent music. It's got some good characters. And that's it. That is that is Shrek. That is Shrek the musical. I'm going to bow-end this with just a little funny tidbit that has always made me laugh about indirectly this show. So David Lindsay Ebert was the book writer and the lyricist for this show. Roughly around the same time, he was writing what would eventually become the Pulitzer Prize-winning play, Rabbit Hole, which, if you're a super theater nerd, know that it is about as different from Shrek you can as you can get. It is very dark. It is very intense. It deals with a family losing a child. It is not in any way light and frothy. He won the Pulitzer Prize for this in 2007. Shrek premiered in 2008, which means at some point he was probably working on Rabbit Hole and Shrek at the same time, which means in my mind at one point during one week where these two shows overlapped. He was writing about this dark family turmoil and then had to open up a different file to write a song that included a fart duet. And if that isn't the most Broadway theater experience out there, I don't know what is.
1: Hi, Art Baby. So if you want to hear a song about farts, you can go check out the original Shrek Broadway cast recording anywhere you find
0: your recordings. Well, that should just about do it for this episode.
1: If you'd like to reach out to us, you can drop us a line at musicalminutespodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Musical Minutes with John and John, or on Twitter at Musical Mins
0: Pod. That's Musical M-I-N-S Pod. Intro and outro music, Bebop 25, is provided under the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License by Jason Shaw on audionautix.com thank you for joining us i'm john and i'm john and we'll see you next time